0: Hello, all, and welcome to the Loan Brothers podcast, where two North Dakota brothers tell you our view on what's happening in sports today. Today's episode, we'll be talking about new hires, Army-Navy, some NFL games, and our betting locks, and as well as Steph Curry reaching the three-point record. But, just, but, to, but to start today's show, we have all the new hires from the college football. First one being Lincoln Riley to USC, the Oklahoma coach who has won four Big 12 national championships Four Big Twelve championships, excuse me, and has made four playoffs as well in his in his time at Oklahoma. Jacob, what do you think about this move, Lincoln Riley to USC? I gotta be honest with
1: you, this doesn't make any sense to me. I understand that you know Lincoln Riley maybe doesn't want to play in the SEC, but I mean I, he had a he had a good there. They are a perennial top five football team. I mean. I, I understand the money might have been better over at over at USC. I mean and recruiting is nicer in California, the better weather, but I think he I think he had it great in Oklahoma. I don't like it personally. Um I don't I don't blame him for you know for chasing a bag. Um I just
0: it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, I gotta be honest with you. And here's where I I come off on this. I initially when I saw a move, I thought exactly what you thought. But thinking through it and how, and how everything's progressed so far, I kind of like the move. And here's why. Because like you said, Oklahoma is leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. I firmly believe that once Lincoln Riley found out he's moving to the SEC, he wanted out. He wanted to go to a different team. He didn't want anything to do with the SEC because I think he knows, he believes how hard it is to be, to coach in that conference and to win in that conference. I think he saw an opportunity of a USC program who's been down for many years but has tr- tradition and has all that kind of stuff that r- revolves around USC. And I just think he saw that he sees a-, a Pac-12 conference that's not as strong as, like, the Big Ten or the SEC or things like that, conference that he can come in and take over and just be like he did at Oklahoma, win four conference championships, make it to the college football playoffs. I, I-, I-, I like this move to USC. I firmly do. I, if Oklahoma was staying in the big 12 and he left at that point, I would be surprised, but, and initially my thought pr- process of this was, why is he not going to LSU? But I just think it's the same thing. Like after the weeks kind of came through my thought processes, I don't think he just wants to be in the sec. Cause from what I saw, LSU offered him an eight year, $96 million contract. And, I guess, I don't think anything's been out there, but I think USC, I don't know for how many years offered him about, around $110 million. Personally, I like this move for Lincoln Riley. I think he's gonna succeed. I think he's gonna change that program. I think he's gonna bring a lot of players in. I mean, you've seen how he's been able to work with quarterbacks in the past. I, I, I think it's a good move and I think he's gonna take over the Pac-12 at USC. I,
1: I, I don't disagree that he might take over the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 is terrible. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I just don't like it. I mean, it, it just, I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think it is. I mean, USC hasn't been good since Pete Carroll. I mean, they've been, I, and, 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 and they, and they shouldn't be that bad over, over that amount of time. I mean, you got a great recruiting base down in Southern California. I mean, if, if anyone can turn around, it's like in Riley, but I think they're looking at least three or four
0: years before they're competitive, you know, in, in the top before they're a top five football team, at least. No, no, I agree with that. I don't think they're, next year they're going to go in and Lincoln Riley's going to turn around they're going to make the playoffs. I do believe that he's going to turn that program around the, the first year of winning-wise. I'd, I'd foresee that. I would not be surprised if USC is a top 25 team next year. I'm not saying 10. I'm saying that's around fair. like the 20-25 range. That's, that's where I see, which is at, from the past years that, that USC has had, that would be a, a tremendous stepping stone for them. Yeah,
1: I mean, and I, I get that. I just don't understand why you would leave a perennial powerhouse that you built. I, I don't know. I mean, we can. I don't think. I don't think there's a big disagreement here. Like, I mean, I don't think it's a bad move to me. It just kind of made more sense to
0: stay at to stay at Oklahoma, in my opinion. Well, USC came out with a great coach right there. USC's gotta be loving that they got Lincoln Riley. Oh, uh,
1: I mean, of all the coaches that have been hired recently, they're on the market, I mean. I think I'd have to say Lincoln Riley is probably the best, the, the best available option. Oh, no doubt. His best offensive mind, he's probably the best recruiter.
0: Yeah, they, they got their man there, that's for sure. <clears throat> well, moving forward to our next pick here, um, we have Brian Kelly to LSU. Now, this is something I don't think a lot of people saw coming, the, seeing Brian, 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 Kelly, Brian Kelly leaving LSU. I think it's a great move for Brian Kelly. I think it's a dumb move for LSU because they're taking this guy who's – I'm not sure if you even saw it. you see the video? The first time you, you talked to the LSU fans, he, like, changed his accent. I thought, it was, I thought it was a great accent, y'all. I thought it was yeah, great. Well, <laughs> well, I like, you, your accent changes once you're somewhere for years, but, like, his first day all of a sudden he's just – no. He's an Irish man from up north. I, I don't know – I understand he's been at, at Notre Dame for a long time. He's a good coach. I just, it just didn't seem like a, a good fit for LSU to go get Brian Kelly. Great coach. But I mean, I understand. I think it's a great move for Brian Kelly, though. Cause I mean, what else could he do in Notre Dame? He was at this point, he's the winningest head coach in Notre Dame. He was there for the second longest time. Um, he was there for 12 years. I think there was another coach that was there, was there for 13. Um, And he's been there for that long, and at Notre Dame, he has no national champion to show for it. He's played for one, but got absolutely destroyed by Alabama in his second or third year of coaching at Notre Dame. I I just think going to LSU is smart for him because recruiting is going to be easier down in LSU. I know you're competing with SEC, but Notre Dame's recruiting is very restricted because you have to – I read a couple books from Lou Holtz, and he kind of just describes the recruiting process there, and, whew, I tell you what, because – For how prestigious that school is, like they have to get accepted by the school. I think they have to go through interviews with people when they're recruiting to like they can, they cannot recruit anybody that the school says that that they can recruit. And I just think being in LSU and all the talent that's there, I think it's a great move for him. I just don't understand the move from LSU.
1: I got to wholeheartedly disagree with all of that. I think it is a great move for LSU and an awful move on Brian Kelly's part. Off, Brian. I think Brian Kelly had a great Notre Dame. Much to my chagrin, being the Michigan fan I am, the only place I hate more than Notre Dame is Ohio State. um uh, But I mean, I, I i think he had a great there. I mean, they are a perennial powerhouse, just like Lincoln Riley at USC. I mean, I I don't think I don't think LSU is a great fit for him culturally. Like you said, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me for him to go down there. I mean, I. He had a he had a great team this year. They're young. I mean, they're talented. I think they probably bounce back next year. Be, be playing in an independent conference. Conference and I <laughs> put that in air quotes. Um, I mean, you know, they dictate the schedule. It's usually pretty soft. I mean, they're never gonna be any worse than top ten because they're only gonna lose one game a year because their schedule's terrible. They all I gotta do is win twelve games into the playoffs, bing boom, bam. LSU though, I mean, talking about, you know, the next available the, you know, the next best available coach on the market, I mean, Brian, I mean with, I mean, if if these you know recruiting restrictions are that tough in Notre Dame, I mean, think of how easy he's going to have it down in the SEC. I mean, the the recruiting base in in Louisiana and Alabama, and Mississippi and Florida and Georgia. I mean, the, I mean, it is a rich, rich area for for football talent down there. I don't think he'll have any problems bringing guys in. I I am going to miss Ed Ogeron. I mean, nothing beats go Tigers at the end of every game. I think he was an LSU man. I would like to see him stick around, but I think this is a great hire for LSU. Bad decision on Brian Kelly's part.
0: Yeah, we have a little. I, I just think he has a better chance. I, well, all he wants right now is to win a national championship. And to, to be honest, I understand. Are, do you, just a simple question. Do you think he has a better chance to win a national championship in Notre Dame or LSU? Notre Dame, no doubt. Get over yourself. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Like you kind of just no, no. say the fact. Yeah. I here's here's my here's my here's my thing. I think Notre Dame has way better chance to get into the playoff over LSU. 100 percent because they're independent, they don't play anybody. They they play maybe one decent team throughout the year. And that's why it's easy for them to get in. Exactly. I think once you I, have I, to get I, in. I think I, I think once they're in, though, they don't ever win it. Like, they, they just go and get – that's not going to happen every year, clearly. But, like, I understand L, go, going to LSU, going through that conference is hard. Very hard. But, I mean, this year two SEC teams went in there. At some point when the college football playoff expands, it's going to be easier for three, four SEC teams to make it in there. I, I think that – understand – I think it's harder to get into the playoff at LSU, but I think it's easier to win a national championship at it. At LSU, I, LSU I, since since two thousand, LSU's played in three national championships, and Notre Dame's played in one. I get that. I
1: really, I really do get that. But the problem is, I mean, being in the SEC is a pro and a con because I mean, when you're, I mean, Alabama and Georgia are gonna be good every year. Florida's not gonna be six and six every year. Ole Miss is always good. Arkansas is coming up. Kentucky's getting better. I mean, in any given year, even with the team playoff, three maybe four of those teams can get in, and Notre Dame's gonna make it every year. They just gotta win eleven games and they're in. And eventually, they're gonna find some success in the playoffs. I mean, they're not gonna they're not gonna get beat by fifty every every year. They,
0: yeah, I, I mean, I, I I get I get what you're saying, but I don't. I I, I just completely disagree with you on that. I I I think it's like I said, I, for, for straight straight up, it is. I think it is easier to get in, which means you're gonna have more chances at a national championship. But I think to actually, because I think if. If you're at LSU and say you have that one year that you win the SEC like they did with Joe Burrow, and like, like you know, that a team that comes at LSUC is going to be a dog. Like, they're going to be good. Uh, I mean, you know, I just talked about
1: how this is a great move for LSU. I get they stunk this year, but I just have a hard time firing a coach two years after, after the greatest college football season ever played. In my opinion, the best college football team ever. Like I, I, I just don't, I just don't know how you decide to part with the guy who, two, who two, literally two years ago, put <clears throat> had the best had the best college football team ever. Uh, that just, but I mean, if if, if, if you're going to go your separate ways, I think Brian Kelly's a great hire.
0: And like I said, I, I think, I think Brian Kelly is, like I said, it is a good move. I'm not saying it's not. Uh, I just, I, for Brian Kelly, I think it's an absolutely amazing idea. I just don't think, on LSU's part, I'd, I, he just didn't fit the, the LSU vibe. Like you said, Ed Ogeron, like that's an LSU guy right there. Like, I just, I don't know, I just, I just couldn't see it. I, I also, this is my point, granted Alabama's been most of these. Um, since 2000, do you know how many times a, an SEC team has not played in the championship game? I'd be willing so to venture that, 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 two or three times. That's that's 20 seasons right there. There, Only five times has an SEC team not played in the okay, national that's, championship. That, that, that's, that's more than I thought. But still, out of all the other times, 15 times SEC has played in the national championship. I mean, other conferences are definitely not even close. The last time was in 2014 when Ohio State won, because Alabama has been in it. Alabama's – Has been in every single championship but two since the playoffs. That's also kind of crazy.
1: Hopefully a 12th team playoff will fix that. Yeah. All right. Well, how about we transition into Mario
0: Cristobal, Oregon to Miami? To be honest, I don't have much opinion from this one. I, I find it weird that he's leaving Oregon for Miami. You know, I did,
1: I, did, I did too until someone told me he played there, and then, it, and then it made sense.
0: Oh, well, he played there. I guess it makes sense going back to your alma mater. Yeah, I was, I was unaware. I mean, but, I mean, Oregon, I mean, for years, it's been the team you think of in the Pac-12, a team that usually don't. Yeah, this year they lost to Utah. Utah won it. But, I mean, you, you th- usually see Oregon, the team who's winning the Pac-12 most of the time. And I just don't understand why he's leaving that to go to Miami. It's just kind of crazy. Yeah, to,
1: yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it didn't. It didn't make any sense to me either. I mean, I mean, Miami also used to be the premier program in college football. I mean, they kind of tailed off, you know, you know, after the early two thousands. But I mean, it. I said it, initially. Initially, I said that that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I don't know why you do that, but like I said, he he played there in college. Um, I mean, it's. It feels, it feels very similar to Harbaugh. I mean, Harbaugh had a good situation in Stanford. He went to the NFL, and then, I mean, he went, hey, I'm going to go take over this 5-7 and seven Michigan team, and now here they are. Granted, longer than all of us Michigan fans would have liked, but, I mean, they, they finally reached the top six or seven years into Harbaugh's tenure. I mean, and
0: maybe, maybe Miami's looking at the same thing. And I— I think he is going to a crappy ACC conference. So, I mean, Grant Clemson It's not tough, tough to succeed in that conference. It is not. So, I mean, Wake, Wake Forest go is in, good. I mean, <laughs> he, can, he can easily go in there and turn around and co- compete with Clemson. But, like I said, but speaking of Clemson, too, we can talk about how all Brent Venables is replacing the Oklahoma coach, um, Lincoln Riley. That. That's an interesting one, because I mean Oklahoma for
1: the last however many years has been notorious for being all offense, no defense, and they decided to hire one of the best defensive coordinators in the country in in turn. So I don't know if we're looking at a pivot here, you know, or if they're kind of expecting the offensive dominance to continue. You know, with the recruiting pipelines. I mean, I mean. I mean, there's more. There's more than one coach in a football and on football team. So I mean, maybe maybe some of those assistants are part of the success. But I, I thought that was interesting. It didn't seem like a great fit to me personally. But i, I mean, you never know. Brent Venables has also never been a head coach. So this is this, this is an interesting job to take over for your first head coaching position.
0: Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. I love it for Oklahoma because, like you said, Oklahoma and the Big Twelve aren't notorious for people thinking that you know they don't play defense. You bring in a defensive guy which I like. And for that reason, oh, I really love it. Is because they're going to be going to the sec here in a couple of years. What, what better not to bring a defensive mind where, where you're going to have to play some better defense. When you go to that conference, you can't, you're not going to be able to rely on scoring 50 points a game because you're going to the sec. You might not be able to even put up those amount of points. If you have that, you have been in the past. I, I love, I just love the fact that they picked a defensive guy who's had a lot of success in Clemson with his defenses since he went to Clemson. So he got there in 2012, but from since 2014 to now is total defense is deep like total defense. The rank in the nation has been top 10 all those years scoring defense has been top 10 all but two years and third down defense, like their efficiency has been top 10, but all but two years as well. In that in Clemson, he's just put put together some great, defenses at clemson i and i think the fact that they're going to be going to the sec i i, I love the hire
1: yeah i, I don't know sounds like my dog is getting excited here in the background found a found a ball huh margo here give it up all right back in business everybody got my ball back rolling out the old foot um yeah um in my i don't think it's a stellar fit i i, I I don't think it's a bad one. I think we'll I think we'll see how it turns out. Like I said, you know, going to the SEC might might not. It's definitely not a bad time to transition to more defensive minded head coach. Um, yeah, not not a. I don't have a whole lot to say about that one. But you know, another great transitioner. Speaking of defense and scoring the football, how about two offensive juggernauts facing off this weekend? Army Navy.
0: Two offensive juggernauts. <laughs> Watching a good old fashioned. 1800s football game yeah. right there. Bring me, bring, bring me back to when the football was shaped like a basketball. Oh man, I, I don't, I don't know what to. I know this is such a historic game. I do watch it every single year just because of the history. I really want to go to Army Navy game, but God, if I'm not being, if I'm being honest, I am. I you probably love it. I by the time halftime hits, I just about overwatching the game. Oh, no, I love it. I, 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 I just. I'm really up with the modernness of like passing the ball, spreading things out quick, quick, quick offenses, like, you know, huddle, no huddle, just kind of going. And like I said, I do watch the game every year and I do, I do enjoy it. I'm not saying I don't, it's just by the time it, it, it hits halftime, I'm like, why isn't anyone throwing the damn ball yet? Or it's been, they've only thrown the ball like one or two times and it's been, it's either that pass is completely off or it's because it's army Navy. So, you know, the, the one pass passing touchdown is going to be one that like 75 yard tr- not really trick plays but when they fake hand the ball off to three different people in their triple option and then some just put someone up the seam and just I don't know I I do watch the game I do like it cuz it's different but like I also sometimes I just get stressed out watching it because I just want someone to throw the damn ball or I want it to be quicker paced not watching triple option after triple option after triple option the whole time you know, I mean,
1: I, I think it's, I think it, I think it's entertaining stuff. You gotta love watching the big boys hash it out in the middle, run a little bit of option action. But, listen, it. uh, not a, not a lot to say for me on this one. I think it'll be entertaining, like it is every year. I not haven't watched it recently, but I think this year I might have to turn it on. Uh, it's, it's gonna be, it's, it's gonna be. You know, you know how I was talking about Michigan Georgia being a rock fight. This is gonna be, this is gonna
0: be a bolder fight. Yeah, well, and speaking of that, a fun fact is that in this Army-Navy matchup, the past 14 games for the over-under, it has, it has hit the under 14 straight times. 14 straight times that Army-Navy game has hit four total points. And tomorrow's game is 34 and a half. And I, I don't know, if I, I, I feel like it's kind of like the Lions. Like, they, they got to win at some point, right? And they did last week. The overs got hit at some point, right? Eventually I, 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 they're gonna eventually this should just set the over at ten points just to Well uh, I'm my prediction tomorrow, the over's gonna hit and Army's going to win by like three touchdowns. I, I don't know much. I've seen Army play a couple times this year. I haven't watched Navy at all. I don't really know much, but my prediction, also because I'm obligated to say that that Army's going to win tomorrow, or else I'm maybe single tomorrow. this, this, <laughs> this upcoming weekend. Go midshipman, right? oh yeah well that's that's the funny part too. That's for Brenner right there I, I I used to be a Navy fan, and here I am an army fan now. I used to always cheer for navy now that, that's not allowed anymore, so go army beat navy all right well just for just for the sake, just for the sake of
1: uh uh you know a little bit of you know clash here,
0: I'll cheer for the midshipman for you no. oh. Yeah, cheer a little extra hard for me. (laughs) All right. Well, moving forward here, um, we're going to go and get into the NFL here. Um, I think the first game I feel like we just kind of I think we should talk about is the Rams Rams Cardinals. This is a a big matchup, especially for their division this week. Um, Say the Rams have, have this year have tend to struggle against some. Good teams. They seems like they were the hot, hot team right away at the beginning of the season. Everyone thought they're gonna win, and now everyone. This might be a statement game for the Rams, don't you think? I think so. Um, you
1: did. You know. You did mention that they've you know struggled a little bit this year. Who they struggle against are
0: good teams. They and my, my and and that's my point exactly. It's like I they they beaten who they're supposed to beat, but all the good teams they haven't they haven't they they beat the Bucs. I'll give them that, but. They have lost to the Titans. They've lost to the Packers. They lost the Cardinals earlier this season. I just Anytime it seems like they play a, a playoff or even that may be, maybe a super, super Bowl hopeful team, they lose. Yeah,
1: based on, based on what I'm seeing here, they have won one game against a team, two games against teams over 500, if the Colts are over 500. I think the Colts are over 500. They might be
0: 500 even. Oh uh, yeah, I see that. I think they're right there because the Colts lost this last week. So no, I think the, I think I think the Colts are a lot better than the record shows. So I still think that is a it is a quality win. But the thing is, yeah, well the Colts are seven and six. Actually, they beat the Texans this week, thirty one last yeah.
1: week. I mean the Cardinals. The Cardinals have been great. I think they'll win that one. I don't know by how much, but I think they'll win because the Rams have struggled this year. I said, I mean, they have that, they, they have that win against, you know, Tampa Bay, but I mean, you can write that off to maybe a poor performance by them, or maybe a, above average performance by, you know, Los Angeles, but.
0: Yeah, no, I no, I, I foresee the Cardinals. I think they're going to win. I just think this is a game the Rams have to win because I don't think anyone's really putting much respect on them. They went and got Matthew Stafford because they wanted to win now. They wanted to win a Super Bowl this year. Next year, and these like they wanted to win now, so they went and got Matt Stafford. And I just think the way that they've played against Super Bowl hopeful or playoff teams, they just haven't been there and performed. So I think this is a must-win game for the Rams, if you ask me. Yeah,
1: I would, I would, I would I would have to say so. Especially considering they lost to Arizona earlier in the year, so they're you know they'd be three games back with four games to go, and they wouldn't own the tiebreaker, so they'd essentially have. If they lose this game, they're out of the race for the NFC West. And they'll have to get in a wild card, which they probably will. It's it's kind of looking like nine and eight or ten and seven will get you a wild card spot in the NFC this year. So I don't think all hope is lost for them on the playoffs if they lose. But if they want to win the division, they gotta win this one.
0: For sure, for sure. <clears throat> I think moving on. We got next game we're talking about is the, the Bills versus the Bucks. We got old man Tom Brady playing against his old division divisional not rival but the team that he usually played a lot of with the Buffalo Bills. What what do you think as an outcome to this game? Who who is this game more important for, would you say? I
1: mean, you got to say the Bills, right? I mean, they're 7 and 5. They've been struggling. I mean, kind of same thing with this one. I mean, if they lose this game, you know, that puts them 3 games back with 4 games to go. I mean, you can't you can't have that happen. You got to win this game. You got to inch it a little closer. I don't believe
0: so, I mean I don't know I mean it... yeah no I, I I agree with you I think this game is more important for the Bills especially after that loss to Na- New England last week I mean they were the ones in their the division where they saw looked like they were going to be the favorites to win this year and now like you said they're already what two games back well not technically because the Patriots have played one more game. They don't, haven't played their bye yet, but still basically about two games back. Like this is a, a must win game for the Bills and the Bills go back and play the Patriots. Um, actually, after this, I think they go to play them next week, I believe, or a couple of weeks from now, the Bills will be playing the Patriots again. So I think this is a must win game. They lose this, especially if they went in and lost to new England. That's that's new England's conference. I think it is the new England's conference right now, just for how well they've been playing. But I think it's a must win game for the bills.
1: Yeah, I would, I, I would say so. I mean, I think, I think for the Rams, it's a little more must win than the bills personally. Um, but I mean, the bills, the bills got to The bills got to win this one if they want to have any hope at the division and especially with the
0: expanded playoffs, it's, it's, it's really nice to, it's really nice to win your division. And I, I also say, I don't think it's a must win game for the bucks because say they go and lose this game Bucks are nine and four. And these are their next four games. The saints who are below 500, the Panthers who are five and seven below 500, then the jets. And then they play the Panthers again. They're going to win, you know. I would almost guarantee three of those four of their last games. At least, if not all of them. So I don't think the Buccaneers have to win this because they're going to they're gonna go in there. They're, they're c- dominating their division. The next closest is the Panthers, who's 5-7. and seven. So the Buccaneers, they're going to be fine. I think this is definitely a must-win game for the Bills.
1: Okay, I think that's I think that's enough about that one. How about Cowboys Redskins? Oh, my bad, my bad. I can say that by the way, I'm a Native American.
0: Um, <laughs> the Washington Football Team. See, this is an interesting game. I, I I this is gonna have some NFC East complications because the Washington Redskins are only down two games to the Cowboys. If they go in and win this game, clearly they'll only be one game back, and then they play them again in two weeks. Do I think the Redskins are going to win the division over the Cowboys? No, I think they could, but I think coming toward end the, under the end of the year, they can give Dallas a little scare, especially if they win this game. Because like I said, only being one game back, the Cowboys have kind of been struggling a little bit lately. So and then Washington's been up and down all year. I mean, I th- I think they can they can test Dallas towards the end of the season here. I don't think Washington will take over and win the division, but – if they win this game, I think they can kind of put a little scare into Dallas. I got to
1: agree. But you know, if I had to put this one in a in a must-win column, I think I'd have to give it to Dallas. I mean, you got to be able to beat a team like Washington. And I mean, they're I mean, they're they're scratching and clawing for a for for a good seed here.
0: Who's that? The Cowboys? The Cowboys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The thing is, out of all the other conferences, they the packers are nine three the bucks are nine three cardinals are ten and two at this point like they they'd almost have to win out if, and have some other teams lose if they want to get a higher seed in the in the playoff spot here but i'd, I'd agree i think this is a must win game for the cowboys i would maybe say that it is a must win game for um washington as well i mean granted now that there's seven teams in the playoff i mean there's a lot of teams that are six and six around the same area as them for for the wild card coming down the last four yeah. or five weeks here, or whatnot. They are I currently
1: think- tied for sixth, and them them and them in San Francisco are both six and six right now, and they'd be the six and seven seeds in the playoffs.
0: So, I I think it's they they need to. I think it's both of them. It's very it's a very important game. I think Washington needs to win this just so they can keep. I think if they win this one, and then a couple, then maybe one more. I think they have a good shot to making the wild card. And clearly the Cowboys need to win just so they can have a better seed. Yeah,
1: I mean, so and, and, and Washington's hot. I mean, uh, ESPN.com is telling me they're on a four-game win streak, which I was unaware of.
0: <laughs> yeah, I honestly did not, did not know it. So, yeah, they were two so in. They were two in they're two, they were two and six. They're coming mm-hmm. back with a vengeance. Well, Ty-
1: Taylor, was it Taylor Hinnicky?: Tyler it's yeah. I think, it's, I think it's Taylor. I all I, all I know is is that is is that he's the man. That's all. That's all you gotta know.
0: No, oh, yeah, I no no argument from here over over here, brother. <laughs> well, moving forward, I think this is kind of a a cool cool thing we're, we're gonna maybe start adding into our podcast here. We're gonna have upsets of the week, so where Jacob and I will give give you guys who we think has the best shot to be upset. It could be. We're going to probably stick with football for right now, but moving forward, we might go NBA or college basketball. But just moving forward, that's, I think we're going to do this at least once a week. Jacob, let me hear them. Who do you think is the team that's most susceptible to get upset this week? I think the team that is most susceptible to be upset
1: this week are my Seahawks against Houston. Against
0: Houston.
1: The 2-10 Houston Texans. This game is going to be ugly. I was looking I was looking before we started here. Houston and Seattle have the two worst offenses in the league and two of the top five worst defenses in the league. And Seattle's favored by over seven points. That's not gonna be a, that, that's not gonna be an over a touchdown win. You know, I mean, and I, and it, it's gonna be close. when it's, when a game's that close, it can go either way. I said Houston's at home. Seattle hasn't been playing well. They did beat they did beat San Francisco last week, but I mean uh, San Fran. I mean Seattle has tended to be San Francisco's kryptonite lately. So uh, uh, Seattle, the Rams and the and the Niners play a perpetual game of rock paper scissors against each other every season. They just can't all seem to beat. <laughs> they all just beat each other in a triangle. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Houston. You know, right now, just I mean, with how bad both of them are. Anything can happen. Seattle's got to go on the road. I, I'm still not convinced Russ is 100% healthy. They're out Jamal Adams. Uh, it, it's you know it, it, look, it, it looks bleak for Seattle, in my opinion. And Houston is bad, but they've won a couple games. They might win their third this weekend.
0: Yeah, I think i put that as my—I th- I thought about that game. I don't think it's the most. I'm going with the hot lions after their one win they had last week. They were they are my number 2 option. I'm I'm going with the <laughs> lions this week to go into um into into Colorado and beat beat the Broncos. I I I think the lions I just at some point they had to win. They won last week. They haven't played off awful, awful throughout the season. They have a lot of losses. These are their last losses. So before they beat the Vikings, they lost to the Bears by two, the Browns by three, tied with the Steelers, and then they had a couple – some bad ones. But then they've lost to the Vikings by two, Bears by ten, Ravens by two. I mean, They've had a lot of close games. I, I don't think their record actually This team shows- is much better than what their record shows, which, which is why – I don't know if you
1: remember this. Remember, you, you and Alex asked me in our group chat – like two weeks ago when they started 0 and one And I think Alex said, how many games are the Lions going to win this year? And I said, they're going to win three. And I remember which one of you, but one of you told me I was crazy. And I said, no, sir. These guys are going three of their next six games.
0: Mark my words. I don't think you said three. I think you put a bigger number up there for it.
1: I'll, but. <laughs> I'm sticking with three. They can win two of these last five, easy peasy. They'll win at least three games. They, they, they are not the worst team in the NFL.
0: And that's why I, I, haven't pick, I have picked them. And I, I just, that'd be my pick. I think the Broncos, sorry, Alex. I think they're the team that, <laughs> I, to my opinion, that are have the best chance of being upset this week. I, I do think it's going to be the Lions. And I, I, I'm not, I, don't, I'm not saying I think they're going to go in there and win. I just think the Broncos are definitely the team that are, have the best chance of being upset this week. <clears throat> and speaking of the Lions, I'm going to move on to my 14 betting picks, because we all know that I am just a sports betting legend. Around we got here. Jeopardy James around here,
1: just <laughs> raking in the cash, Benjamins.
0: <clears throat> Ever since that casino in, in Belcourt opened up sports betting, it's just been a new life for me in North Dakota here. And then the Vegas trip a couple, about a month ago, oof. I just, it's just, it's my, it's, it's what I love to do. If I could quit any job in my life and do something, I'd become a professional sports better. If I had the money for it, wait, wait, waiting for some investments, some people to invest in me to sports bet. But moving forward to that, I have two locks this week that I believe that are complete locks. You make them, they're going to win because we all know that I'm never wrong when it comes to sports betting. Impossible. (laughs) My, my first lock is the Lions. They are plus 10 against the Broncos. And I'm I'm not I'm not even just going to say I know I just I just picked them that I think they're they I think they might beat the Broncos, but I'm not picking them for the money line. I'm picking them to cover that 10-point spread. I think lock it right now, 10-point spread lines against the Broncos. My second is a money line one, and that's for the Bengals to beat the 49ers. Bengals are at home. The Bengals offense, they have they've have They've been, at times, looked like a really great team this season. At other times, pretty bad. I, just, I think the Bengals are going to go in there, and I think they're going to beat, beat down on the 49ers. My two locks this week, plus 10 Lions, money line Bengals. My two locks. If anyone from North Dakota, I know online sports betting isn't legal. Go find yourself, find yourself up in Belcourt this weekend. I'll be there. We can make some bets together.
1: That sounds like a grand time with uh, with the with with the North Dakota version of Jeopardy, James. I gotta I gotta agree with you. <laughs> I have I I have three locks. I have the Lions plus ten. That's an easy one. I have Raiders plus ten against the Chiefs. If you, anyone remembers from the last episode, the coins the coin the magical coin. I'll heal the coin. Do have the Chiefs winning, but I don't think it'll be by ten. The Chiefs aren't as good as they've been. The Raiders are an even five hundred team. Ten points is way too many. Take the Raiders plus ten. And I'm also gonna go with Houston plus seven and a half on Seattle. So I went with all underdogs to cover the spread. I think those spreads are much too big for you know the teams they're playing. He said I think I think I wouldn't foster for 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 hitting the money line in any of those three, but I think I think covering the spread is a pretty is a pretty good
0: option on all those. Yeah, well that's the one thing I can't believe that Seattle is an eight and a half favor against the Texans. Yeah, I that's, just think that's it's, way too many. That's going to be think, at most a five-point game. I just think it's one of those things where you, Seattle has the name. They've been good in the past, so they're just like, well, it's Seattle, so we have to give them respect. They're not actually as bad as their record says, right? So then they, they go on there. They might be worse than like, the record
1: says, to be honest with you.
0: <laughs> well, <and> Granted, <laughs> granted, the Chiefs have came around, but like the Chiefs, beginning of the year when they were terrible, every single game they went into, they were still favored by like Fourteen points every game they went into. Granted, they've turned their season around, but like, that's just the thing. I just think the name. I think they're the Seattle Seahawks, and what their pass has been. They're just like we're they're they're better, or we got to put some respect on their name. So we're going. I think this is a little bit too high of a spread, but well, I think to end the show, I think we need to move into the NBA. Um, talking about how Steph Curry is about to pass Ray Allen for all time three pointers. And He is. Roughly half the games, this guy is unreal. Yeah, he has 10 threes away from the rec from the record. It took Ray Allen 1,300 games to get to his record. Steph Curry has played in currently 786 games. So not a little over half, but almost take, taking Steph Curry half the amount of games for him to pass Ray Allen. That is just bonkers. And also, I have another stat here, too, that says that one he probably breaks the record The Warriors play tomorrow, has hit 10 threes, who knows what happened, that he will have taken 500 fewer three-point attempts than Ray Allen as well once he breaks this record. I mean, you can say that that the only reason that Steph is breaking this record is because of how the game has
1: changed. But the fact that he's taken that many fewer threes and in that fewer games and is still going to crush his record. I mean, this guy is just purely a better shooter than Ray
0: Allen was, no doubt. Well, no, it's it's crazy. Like, <clears throat> like, that's what I said. You could say the game changed, but, the, like, he's played – because the game's changed, so yeah, it's taken that less games. I, I guarantee in 10 years from now there's going to be a couple other people that pass Ray Allen as well. But the fact that he took that many less three-point attempts than him, that's just – it's just crazy. I <clears throat> Would you – do you think that on the game tomorrow against the 76ers, do you think he's dropping 10 to beat the record? You know, we were talking before, and I said, no way.
1: The Sixers are way too good on defense. But then I remember his name is Steph Curry, and Steph Curry can drop 12 threes on
0: anyone. Oh, he can have, he can have himself a night, any night. That's, that, that's for sure. I, 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 don't, I don't think he'll get it against the 76ers, but I think the next game he – I don't know. I think their next game is – I'm looking at December 13th against the Pacers. I think that's the night he hits it. It's a little sad. It's an away game. I think you'd love to see him hit, hit that at home. Make it a little, little couple more, make it more special for him. Well, one, one quick question before we get going here. Um, would you like to say that Steph Curry is the best shooter of all time? If your answer,
1: Just, if, if your answer to that is no,
0: you don't know anything about basketball. Okay. I agree. I agree. I think he is. I mean, just, just pure shooting. I'm not talking about anything else. Just
1: pure shooting. I, 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 I'm I, not talking scoring. I'm talking just shooting the basketball, anything but the layup. Yeah. Or, or a hook shot. Any anything, anything within five feet. Absolutely.
0: Yes.
1: Okay. So, I mean, you know, while we're on that, you know, just, you know, to, to, to end things here, just spur of the moment, who would you say are the five best shooters ever? If, if if Steph's number one, who are, who are the
0: next few? We're just talking about shooters, not not scoring. Shooting, not scoring, just shooting the basketball. Oof, I, I don't know. Um, I'm saying clearly, Steph Curry's number one. After that, I'm just gonna say names. I don't. It's not the order of them I'm putting in there. I think you have to put Ray Allen in there. I think you do. I mean, he's just was a. Before Steph Curry, it was Ray Allen. Everyone looked up to Ray Allen when it came to shooting. Um, Honestly, I know he's been injured a lot, and this might be controversial to say. I think Klay Thompson, I mean, just look what he's done. I mean, he has the three-point record in a single game with 14. Like, that's just completely ridiculous. I'm trying to think back on some players back in the day. I. I don't really know, but from what I see, I'm also very biased about this. I'd like to say Larry Bird. Just Granted, I ne- never watched back, back then, or, but from what I've seen and stuff like that, also I love that guy. I'd like to say Larry Bird. And to be honest with you, I, I don't know if I could think of a fifth one. I think there's just too many people that in my head that I, don't, I think I could have put at five, but I, I think if I gave you four right there, Clay Thompson, Ray Allen, Larry Bird.
1: Yeah, you know, I I'm not gonna argue Larry Bird. I I I think on okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna put a slight change on my statement earlier. If you told me that Larry Bird was the best shooter ever, I'd maybe give you that. I'd maybe give you that. <laughs> but any a, anyone other than Larry Bird or Steph Curry, absolutely not. I'm gonna throw a Dirk. Mm. I'm gonna throw a Dirk. You know, the big man, definitely the best tall shooter ever. Dirk, oh, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, names of got coming by. You yeah, Dirk Ray Allen.
0: I mean, you could maybe work no. in there. Pro- like maybe Reggie Miller.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, good. I'm I a mean, huge record holder. Before, I mean, it's just. I mean, it's it's tough to put some of those older guys in there because they they didn't they 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 didn't shoot the ball as much as these guys do now. It was, it was a little more. It was a little more low post game. I'm. I'm I mean, when. When Michael Jordan was drafted, I mean, they said that's stupid. You can't win without a 7-foot center. I mean, the game has just changed a lot over the years. I mean, I think it's more natural that the better shooters of all time probably play now because, I mean, the game is much more shooting-centered. You know, the 3-ball has came in. Oh, you know who? You know, I mean, I think you got to throw Melo out there. Not a great 3-point shooter, but, I mean, that guy's, I mean, the fadeaway, the turnaround jumper, the mid-range game. I mean, even, I mean, he's pretty stroke. Great shooter. I think, I think you'd have to include Carmelo Anthony in that conversation. Well, I
0: think if I did put my fifth there, I think I would save you, Reggie. I think my top would be Steph Curry is number one. Then after this, I don't know. Like I said, Larry Bird, Clay Thompson, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller. That'd be my five best shooters of all time.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it seems. I mean, there's, I, I said, I mean, you could probably think of maybe up to 10 guys if you, you know, if you really sat down and, and got after it about, you know, who, who, who you could put in the top five.
0: But for me, for me, Steph is obvious. Oh, for sure. It's not even close. <clears throat> but, well, I just, think, I just think to wrap it up here, like I said, I think the one thing that's happening this weekend, the best thing that's happening this weekend, is that Tiger Woods is going to be back in action. Granted, it's just a tournament with this kid, but, oh, my. It's, it's, always, it's always a great, great weekend if you can see Tiger Woods stroking it on the on the links and if we're lucky we might get sunday red <laughs> oh if we're if we're, if we're, if we're lucky enough i i think this might be just all we see tiger woods do now i don't know if we'll ever i don't know if he'll get back it didn't sound like in an interview a couple of weeks ago that he wasn't for sure positive about him being optimistic about him coming back but and i, I mean, think it's just, he got
1: that last he, he got that last major he won the masters one more time if he didn't play in another tournament, Debra, I would still peg him as the best golfer ever. I don't think he has oh. anything to prove at this point.
0: Oh, I, I agree with you. It's just it's just amazing to see that that man healthy again. Maybe not fully healthy, but back back on the golf course. Love to
1: see it. Great way to end the episode, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. It doesn't get better than Tiger Woods. But, well, I said thank you, all, everybody, for listening to the Lone Bros podcast. Oh, uh, I think in a couple of weeks here we might be changing the name, uh, Jacob. Maybe.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I think I think there's a hundred percent chance we'll be coming up with the name change. But given how little planning went into this, I mean, we're literally recording on a Zoom call. I mean, we don't, not nothing fancy. We just we we just kind of let it rip. So we might might upgrade the setup a little bit one of these days. Come up with a new name. But for now, Lowing Bros. Lowing Bros. will stay. We'll think of something better in the future. Don't you yeah, guys worry.
0: We'll have to, we'll have to figure something out or even suggestions. We'll take suggestions too. But like I said, next week, we'll probably be looking at another podcast probably out of Sue Monday night at the, at the latest, probably Tuesday, but probably Monday. And then same thing next week, probably a cup two podcasts on Monday and Friday and hope, hope you guys can give it a listen.
1: Yeah. Something like that. Maybe, maybe a guest or two one of these days.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll have to get,
1: get, get going on that as well. Well, all right. I think, I, I, I think, I think I, I had a good time today again. I don't know about you, but.
0: Oh, of, of course I did. I mean, I'm, my answers were right. And a lot of yours were wrong, unless you're agreeing with me. I mean, you never, you've never, you've ever been wrong. We clarified that, you
1: know, on, you know, Mr. Jeopardy James over here. So
0: no, yeah. If you guys ever need some sports betting tips, just, just, just ask me. I'm definitely not a pro, but North Dakota—I'm probably considered one. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, I think we'll—I think we'll end it there, everyone. Have yourselves a
1: good weekend and uh, take it easy, everyone.